everybody, welcome to Process Potables. If anybody can hear us and isn't over here, please feel free to come over. We have some food, we have some 76ers Budweiser cans, we have some shirts. We're going to give a couple away, we also have them for sale. Uh, ching ching, you know, a little, uh, little extra beer money, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Beer money. There you go. Uh, my name's Dan Morgan, I'm joined by, um, what is it, engineer, extra, I lost the word, engineer extraordinaire, Corey Oates. DJ Corey. Hey now. On the ones and twos. <laughs> Steve, finally back on the podcast, buddy. It's been uh, all two months. It's basically. been a summer. It's been a summer. <laughs> gaban, gaban. Remember that? Yep. And then reoccurring guest, yeah. friend of the podcast, Eric Marcherano. Hey, well, thanks for having me on again. I, I can't believe you're tolerating my company for now a, uh, a third time. I no longer have to work. On saying your last name right before we do it, it just—it's natural now. It's been that many times. You're part of the family. We'll see you at Christmas. <laughs> Good, because well, well, yeah, we're gonna be here on Christmas, baby. Yeah. Probably not outside though. It's probably gonna be real cold. Who knows? It's a little man. bit. Global warming. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's a real I, thing. I always think about like the Eagles game against the Bears like three, four years ago. It was right around Christmas time. It was like 60 degrees. And yeah, but I was also at the Eagles game where it like <laughs> snowed like crazy. Oh yeah, November, you went to the Snow so. Bowl too with uh, yeah. Detroit. Yep. You were all pissed off about it, and then it was an awesome game. Because I had to leave at halftime. Oh yeah. Yeah, because my little brother was a baby. <laughs> does, does Phil listen to this? He doesn't listen to this, right? Probably not. But, okay, good. Yeah. All right, well, we'll find out. What a fucking dick move. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Process Potables is part of the Underground Philly Sports Network. You can find all things Underground Philly Sports at Underground PHI on Twitter. Shout out to Design Tree. We now have an official t-shirt store on Design Tree. If you go to Design Tree and type in Process Potables, you'll find all of our stuff. You can find Design Tree on Twitter at Design Tree, D-S-G-N Tree. Uh, you can find Eric at the Emart. You can find Steve at SW Jones. Is there an 87 on that? 87. 87. Yep. Got to go with it. And uh, I'm at Dan says that, but I'd be more happy if you followed the Process Potables accounts, which everything is at Process Potables Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped, which you'll find the beer that we're drinking, which I want to get started with here. Now, we are talking about the 76 Budweiser cans, so, you know, that's all well and good, but this is a craft beer podcast, so. You know, I'm willing to smash a couple Budweisers to get get my blood pumping, but we got to drink something better than that to discuss. Because what the hell are we going to talk about Budweiser other than the beautiful can artwork? Which there's no denying it's beautiful can artwork. It's very sexy. Yeah, I, I'm really digging the. Uh, they, they got the court on there. They got the script. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Years we won the titles. Yeah. Oh, it's it's informative. It's looking great. Who thought that you could learn while drinking beer? <laughs> Especially what a time wiser. to be alive, yeah. <laughs> you could learn to drink better beer, I guess. That's the one thing I think it taught me. Yeah. But the good beer that we're drinking is this Gang Three Philosophers. Uh, Three Philosophers has been a favorite beer of mine for a long time. I found this today at Wegmans, of all places, and this actually is in a can and is bourbon barrel age, which is fantastic. It is uh, fantastic. W- what do you think, Steve? I love it. I'm a big fan. It would get a five for me on, on Untapped. Eric? Yeah, I like it. Um, they had me at Bourbon Barrel, and then they had me even more at Three Philosophers. I studied philosophy undergrad, and this makes feel like my degree was worth it. Just this can of beer. Alma Gang's one of the breweries that I definitely want to make a road trip to. It's like close enough that you could drive there, but you definitely have to set aside the whole day uh, upstate New York to do so. So uh, hopefully I can get up there sometime, but shout out to Alma Gang. 
uh, one of my favorite beers. And then, like you said, Bourbon Barrel always brings me in. I haven't had this for a while. And then uh, so today, I thought it was just in cans. I'm like, that's cool. It's probably going to be pretty good in a can. Find out it's also Bourbon Barrel aged. It is, man. I, I thought like a quadruple... It's like it's like ten percent. It's ten percent. Yeah, but it's it's kind of smooth and um, very smooth. <laughs> the cherries. I don't know if it's the cherries or the bourbon barrel, but something that's bit making it really nice and smooth. Like I think the bourbon barrel gives you the smooth, but the cherry kind of takes that edge off because sometimes you get that yeah. real boozy aftertaste, and you're not getting that probably because of the cherry. Yeah, right. So, I've been doing a series of episodes previewing the season, so we definitely want to get really heavy into tonight's game against the Boston Celtics. We got uh, some Celtics fans over here hanging out. What? Yeah, yeah, you guys are real, you guys are nicer than I am. I'll give you credit. You, okay, okay. Oh, there you go. You, you guys can have some Budweisers if you want, but I can't. I can't see that. I can't see them having it. I'm sorry, guys. I can't. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You can talk to my wife then. But, okay, okay. We can talk. We can talk. So. We've been doing a season preview series. I kind of want to go back and forth with both of you over some of the questions I've asked everybody else to get your guys' perspective on the same things that we've been talking about, and then we can dive right into the Boston Celtics specifically. So, Steve, I'll cue you up first. What's your biggest concern going into the season for the Sixers? It's just going to be the fit and making that sure that it all works and all comes together. Uh, I mean, so far, Horford looks great next to Embiid. You know, are they going to be able to sustain that over, you know, a season, especially when people get rest and rotate and things like that? Um, I love having Al Horford on the Sixers. It, it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it, you know, great leader. Great, you know. It, it's great to finally join a contender, you know. Really yeah. smart move yeah. by Al. Eric, your biggest concern going into the season for this team? I think it's just figuring out what are they going to do at the end of games um, when it's crunch time. Because they had a couple of plans. You know, last season they had either Redick or Butler, uh, either clear out for Butler or we're going to run something for J.J. Redick, reliable shooter. It's going to fall probably on Tobias Harris or Josh Richardson as just kind of like the perimeter creator. But I mean, for this team to really peak, and I, I mean, I'm forget about titles. I'm talking like in a longer term. It, it's probably gonna need to be Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid that kind of takes the end of game reins. It's hard for a post player to do that, but Embiid's not your typical post player. But but that's to me is like the biggest concern is who who's just like taking over when they're down one, you know, with a minute left. Is it who is it? Yeah, Burke came out and said it was Embiid. I think a few weeks ago, and I, I thought that was a little suspect like he's gonna back his guy that's fine that's his job for but sure i think we all worry about that being the way it goes but i don't know if any of you guys saw this it's only been out for maybe an hour or two but uh rachel nichols had an exclusive interview with Embiid on the jump oh. and she asked him about that and he said it's gonna be me he said that's what i worked on this summer was you know working through double teams and working on end of shot clock end of game type situations awesome he said that's what i've been doing so well i'm excited now it, it's, I love it. it sounds like from him that he thinks it's going to be him as well and that you know per what he said today to rachel nichols that he's ready for it, and that's exactly what he's been planning for going into the season i agree that i think it will be tobias harris and yeah it'll never be one guy right and it you know it'll be situational the, the situation will always dictate it one of the things I think I had mentioned to Adam Aronson from Liberty Ballers when he was on, mm-hmm. it was either him or Jimmy McCormick, I had said the thing that concerns me about that scenario is 
how often are they going to be in that situation in the regular right. season? Are they going to get that, enough reps? That's the crazy part. Like, trying to take all the homerism out of it. You know, Embiid came out and said, we're, we're talking about 60-point leads and general carnage. Like, that, there's a very real chance that that is most of this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be a team pr- probably, you know, conservatively the top three, top five defensive team, maybe the best in the league and they're just going to hold teams probably have leads they're not going to get a lot of reps in that crunch time during the regular season so finding those situations and even if it's like at the end of a half or something like they they just need to figure out what they're doing and and yeah if it's Embiid and he can not turn the ball over in those types of situations and he's reliable or can at least draw a double team and pass out of it which he's shown flashes of you know coming up the last few years but this is like what I love about this season is it's like it's really it's like the find it out year last year was that to an extent but there were so many trades and moving parts that it was hard to get a sense of like who this team is we know what our starting roster is we know our first few guys off the bench that's usually what carries in the playoffs we'll see how they do I'm, I'm thrilled I'm, I can't wait to get in there so Eric I'm going to stick with you here um mm-hmm. uh, Give me – you could choose between them, either a positive or negative narrative going into the season that will develop for this team. Sure. So the positive narrative, I think, is definitely um, best defense in the league stuff. Anything around defense. Philly is a town that loves defense, you know, across sports, um, that like the hard-nosed identity. Brett Brown's all about that. That's, I think Buddy Ryan would have won the game on Sunday. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, they, I bet to some, uh, Brett Brown is Buddy Ryan. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, what's that, that to me is the positive, um, what this team's going to do defensively. Negative, um, I, you know, there's people who harp on Ben Simmons jumping, their jump, shoot, jump shooting. We'll see. I, I don't think it's make or break for them, but it's certainly a thing that, you know, if things start to go awry, that is going to be the, the first call on the WIP, the first the first uh, complaint uh, off the bench, so to speak. 888-729. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of first-time, long-times will, will come in with their uh, hot take about Ben Simmons' jump shot. So we'll, that, that, to me, is kind of the odds-on favorite for a negative. Um, there's not a lot to be sad about, though. I mean, this is a good team in a weak conference. Expectations are high. Steve, narratives? So I think negative, um, I want to go in a different direction. I think it's going to be Tobias Harris for a few reasons. I think, one, a lot of people, not necessarily us, but a lot of people like to think in terms, okay, the best teams, they need a big three. And we had that last year with Ben, Joel, and Jimmy Butler. Now that Butler's not here, people are going to be inclined to think that that's going to be Tobias Harris. And I don't think people are necessarily going to compare Jimmy to Toby, but I think, you know, they're going to expect from Tobias, you know, being able to take over the game at the end to get you some buckets or make it some big-time defensive plays. And obviously he is not the player that Jimmy Butler is. Two, I also think people are also going to complain, well, you basically paid uh, Toby what you would have paid yeah. Jimmy Butler to stay here. Sure. And, again, we all kind of knew that in order to keep Tobias, it was a bit of an overpay. Like, you, I mean – we, we had no leverage. Yeah, somebody all. was giving him that contract. There is yeah. no way so, he wasn't getting it. But, but to your point, Steve, like, what fans of Philadelphia really are sensitive to an overpay. Like, we've seen the cross sports. Yeah. When someone's even a little overpaid and they're underperforming, like, Pete, you hear about it. So he's, he, Tobias Harris has a target on his back in that regard. Whereas, like, someone like Josh Richardson, who he acquired through trade, 
we didn't have this saga last year with him. He, he kind of has an easier situation at an individual level um, in terms of pressure. And, and I think the other thing, too, with Tobias is one argument, you know, people defending him, if anything, especially last year, was, you know, every year he's been in the league, he's improved each year. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people are insane, but can you really expect someone to keep improving you know, that much each year after year. And I know he's not the type of person to do this, but now that he's got that, you know, $180 million, I mean, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to keep improving to, I mean, it's an NBA, that money's guaranteed. Um, And, and, you know, one thing that they kept saying he was working on all off season was like, Oh, be, you know, better lateral defender. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I haven't really seen that in the preseason. Yeah. So it's kind of like, do I expect him to really be, you know, better? Like, no. If he could be the Tobias that we, you know, that played for the Clippers, you know, yeah. that would be great. But I think there's just, uh, you know, if he doesn't do a lot of things, you know, coming out the gate, you know, that's, I feel like that could be the one thing that can, you know, people call into sports radio stations and complain about in addition to Ben Simmons' lack of a jump shot. All right. Well, first of all, like, okay, <laughs> fuck what's going to happen on sports radio. Let's get that out of the way right now. This is a yes. podcast. We're in the podcast realm. Oh, that, but that's we're the, talking about narratives. I mean, that yes. is. No, I, I know, but we we here, and I think a lot of people that listen to this can understand the difference between a narrative created by the boomers calling into sports radio <laughs> and the real people that want to analyze this team and get real information. So you guys both made a lot of good points. So Tobias Harris thing, here's a couple of things. One, this whole lateral quickness thing, let's talk about this for a second. If we're going to talk about Tobias Harris living up to this contract, improving from what he did last year in his time as a sixer. Is the difference in that going to be how he plays defense? No. Even if he's an average defender, no one's ever going to give him credit for it, especially on this team compared to the other four guys. He's always going to look like a weak link. I don't give a shit about that at all. He has to score. He has to shoot better. We've seen him do it before. His career numbers project well for that. His arc of getting better, like you said, is that and the whole max contract doesn't have to get better anymore. I know you're not saying yeah. that. You're just saying people bring it up. People bring it up all the time. How many cases can you really think of where a guy got paid and like completely stopped getting better? And if there's one guy Andrew on this Wiggins. team, like character-wise, he was never good to begin with. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. He wasn't getting better before but he got paid. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> Tobias Harris, for everything that we can tell, is like super high ethics morals work level everyone like everyone praises almost everybody but he's even at the top of that to for his, most of the people that we hear about to his credit he he took uh, at least a million of those dollars and poured it right back into the community yep. here in philadelphia yesterday, um, right? guy yesterday. Toby. he did a uh i think it was called the tobias harris draft party or draft i don't, don't butcher it too much but basically he looked around and saw the um the need for funding and education and said, hey, I just got paid a ton of money. I'm going to live here in at least the next five years, so well, let me give back. So, so kudos to Tobias Harris for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and I think to kind of transition and to the positive narrative, you know, I think Eric's right. It's definitely going to be about the defense. But I think one way to look at it, too, is if Tobias is, like, your worst defender on the right. floor, you're going to have, it's like, amazing. a monster. Yeah, it's a, it's like, a luxury. As much as I like J.J. Redick, you know, he could always make, you know, threes and those mid-range jumpers. Like, he was an absolute liability on defense. Yeah. I, you know. Well, in the playoffs last year, I defended him a lot. I thought he yeah. played okay. But, he, yeah, other than that, okay. pretty bad. He pulled his weight. I, yeah. You know, Relative to you how he usually defends. But right. I mean, but boy, last night was not not pretty for him. Nah, he's <laughs> he's putting his feet up. 
I think he. I think you can tell he's the type of guy that when the team is not a contender, you're not getting his best effort. Hey, look, you know, I don't blame him. He's getting paid a bunch of money. Lives in New Orleans. Yeah, you know, they're, and he's they're, not paying for train rides back and forth to Brooklyn. I assume. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. and I don't think it wasn't last <laughs> night, but there was a preseason game where he was he just uh, got gassed by Trey Young. Well, no, not only that, but he was. He, you know how he kind of had that, you know, uh, play with Embiid with, like, the dribble handoff, and he tried oh, doing yeah. that with Okafor, uh, and it was just – it was terrible. Oh, it, I didn't see that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to find that. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> just hearing you describe it. <laughs> yeah. Steve, uh, a bold prediction for this team. It could be player, team, whatever. I'm going to go – I'm trying to do something different. So I think we have a successful year. Whether it's we lose in a conference finals to winning in an NBA title, I could see maybe like a Brett Brown extension. Ooh. So now in, when I look at that, up, I can get behind. Yeah, including this year, he has three years left, which seems like a lot. But I could also see them, you know, maybe if they especially start really good in the beginning of the season, they give him like a one year just so that they can give him like a nice raise. That'd be interesting. So I, I would love that. That would also yeah. just be like that'd be like a take from the organization, like, "Hey, f off, he's our coach." <laughs> like, yeah. Which I, you know, but I, if anybody's gonna do it, Elton could very easily be the guy. A lot of unorthodox from him already. Yeah, especially and, his kink for bigs. But we don't shame here. <laughs> hey, look, I mean, the Knicks are right there on the power forward <laughs> center. <laughs> they're they're giving us a run for our our money there. Um, but but no, that'd be awesome. I, I would love to see that. Three years, I. They probably won't make a move unless they like came out, you know, twenty and zero, which it's in the cards. Yeah, you know, who it knows? is. You know, we're sitting here undefeated right now, so absolutely no yeah, else. It's all downhill. No cowards, Everyone else baby. Got extensions, Get the you know? shirts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right here. Uh, bold prediction, Eric. Um, what for this entire season or just the regular season? It, it can be anything you want. It can be a player. It can be the team. It can be for the season, for mm. a half, whatever you want. Um, let me see here, man. I, I got a lot here. I, I think Josh Richardson makes the all-defensive team, which okay. isn't particularly bold. But the way, like, the way this team has been talked about in terms of all-defensive team, it's been like, oh, can Simmons get there? Embiid's definitely there, and Horford's been there. But I think that's why it's bold. Richardson because he's gonna have to like be given the credit over the fact that he's here with yeah. all these other guys. And I think somebody else had mentioned the potential for that and I had said a lot of the times I think we saw this with Ben last year like you have to basically make the team but then not be put on it to like right you know to yeah. earn your way onto the team so you right. need that year where yeah you made it but we're not giving it to you right and he might have had that a little bit last year my focal point in Miami and I think that's one thing that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit is that when he was traded for Miami he was pretty pissed off about it yeah you know he took it like wow they they think that less of me you know they had to trade me to get Jimmy Butler just so he can come here in the retirement. So he, I mean, he said himself, he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So I think he's going to be out to prove people wrong. And, you know, he is also two years from free agency too. So, you know, there's definitely incentive for him to really, you know, if, if especially if he makes an all defensive team. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped for him. I think he, it's for me, he's I, like, I very much loved Robert Covington. He was, one of my favorite Sixers, and and I think Richardson's going to fill that Covington-sized hole in my heart in terms of like great defender gets things done, but but Richardson's a little more of a creator, and I'm excited to see what his role is, particularly as the kind of first backup point guard 
we've kind of talked about at least online the uh, the quiet tournament for the Raul Raul Howell Neto Howell and uh, and uh, Trey Burke is like and Shake Milton as as the the three kind of competing there for the de facto uh, uh, backup spot, but Richardson's going to get a lot of those minutes, and he will kind of drive what our bench scoring looks like. Sidebar from this list we're going on, this Josh Richardson backup point guard story that everybody's talking about, do you think we're going to see that in play right away, or do you think that develops over the season? Because I don't think they come out and do it early. I think they're going to yeah. give Howell yeah. and, and Trey and even maybe Shake like shots at it first because you just don't want to run him into that this mm-hmm. whole time, even though I think he could also use the experience. I think oh, there's no reason to do it this early, right? He did everything for Miami last season, so, like, the experience is there. It's not a matter of capability. I think, to your point, Dan, like, yeah, these first 15 games, it's it's all about figuring out what you have, right? And Brett, like, he kind of knows what he has with a lot of these guys, but there's a lot of new faces. There's there's a lot of talented new faces, but, but he needs to know, like, well, should I platoon Horford with Simmons this much or that much? Sure. You know, how much is Simmons going to play with Embiid? Like, that's a big question for this team. And I think what it might come down to is, and I might be in a minority here, but I know you have, you know, Shake, Haul, and Trey, but I don't know if any one of them are really going to emerge from that. And I think, you know, if he does, that's not a good sign that, you know, our three backup point guards, I just feel like, and, and Bet, you know, and Brett's not, you know, one with a lot of players to give him a long leash. So if, if they none of those three can make like an impact coming off the bench, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, I just think you're looking for them to be serviceable. I don't think you're looking for anybody to break out or make an impact. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. The the whole depth of this team is built to just you know withstand a regular season and not run any of the eight rotational playoff players into the ground right. prior to that point. So that's all I'm concerned with. And again, this team should be good enough, especially the starting five, and even rolling in one or two bench guys to. Where you need to, you should be able to hold down the fort, regardless of who else is on the court. Let's talk about the bench, just because you, you brought it up. It's it's going to be Scott Ennis, and is it Tybal? Is Tybal going to be the eighth man? Yes, like already coming yes. in as a rookie. I honestly think that he's right now he's ahead of Ennis. I think it's Scott and Tybal, and wow. then the rest is a little more open, which is incredible to me. It's not what I would have said a month ago. Yeah, I mean Tybal's in the right situation, right? Like he can. He can. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna get into him, so I don't want to. Okay. I don't. Right. Wanna, well, I, don't I, I won't bury the lead. Yeah, there. I don't want to chug the beer. <laughs> Slow <laughs> sips. Enjoy it. Go for it. Eric, right, we've already talked about this. I assume you're still on the over 53 and a half. Oh, that even feels low. I, I feel like I took a higher low an over, but yeah, I, I think they're on 57 games. Um, that's what I had them at like a month ago. Probably gonna be higher. I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled about that over. I'd put a lot on it, and I'd hunt around for the uh, the right uh, the right price because you can get them now. Know, online sports gambling. Yep. Who's offering? Where Where's the public going? And where What are they doing? It's- Did you see? I hit last night. DraftKings was like emailed me and was like, "Oh, bet twenty five dollars on either LeBron or Kawhi to score the first field goal." I'm like, "This is easy. Fascinating. Put, put it on LeBron and hit it. Twenty five <laughs> into one hundred and fifty. Wow. Nice. Easy. Wonderful. Steve." Over under 53 and a half wins for this team. Over. I think they get 56. 56. All right. Or okay, right in the same neighborhood there. Yeah. We're, most people are between 56 and 58, it looks like. There are a few people that stretch to 60. I don't know if I've seen anybody go over 60. And I haven't seen anybody remotely close to 53 even. Yeah. They're going to 
like what's their floor? Like their absolute floor is like fifty wins, right? Like there's no way. Yeah, I mean Embiid like, like, can Embiid can miss like twenty five games and they still win fifty. Right. Exactly. Maybe maybe more. Without Horford, right? Like that's right. the thing. Like they have a, a pretty good backup center who could start a few games, and then Kyle Quinn. Like if they just got Kyle Quinn in the off season and say they just ran it back and added Kyle Quinn, I'd be like, this is a good team. You know, they were close last year and they, they added a backup center. They, they now have two very capable backup centers, so managing uh, Embiid's minutes is just going to really matter. And I think Embiid, uh, he wants to be in the running for all the awards, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, and I, I think he should be. I think he's earned that right. Um, but in order to do that and manage himself throughout the season, he's going to have to play lighter minutes uh, from game to game. So hopefully tonight, you know, we see like 32-minute Max, like that's that's kind of what I'm hoping out yeah, of him throughout about the season. More games, less minutes. Exactly. And that's good for two things. That if if he knows his body well, and that's what he needs, and he's figured that out, like I trust him over the medical staff or anybody else. If he's saying that's what he needs, then that's what I'm going to give him. And number two, it accumulates in that games played stat, which is what all the dumbass, you know, people that vote for these awards look at. Is they're going <laughs> to see, you know, is it 70 games? Is it 65 games? Is it 73 games? So even if he only plays. 28 and a half minutes a night if he can hit that 70 game mark he's they're not gonna be able to use that as an excuse to not give him these awards mm -hmm. they're never gonna say oh he played 28 minutes in those 70 games they're gonna say he played 70 games give him the award speaking of mvp awards um and this is totally off track but i, I wanted to backtrack it um from last time we spoke dan uh so we talk about Giannis is just like the odds on favorite um you know I think Jokic, I don't know what he's at right now, but knowing how much everyone with a I'm pretty vote sure loves, I said him, didn't I? I you might have. I, I don't think know. I, I did. zoned out. It, there was a lot of beer yeah. and a lot of Disney trivia. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of Disney trivia, too. Um, but as much as I don't like Jokic, that's like a tastier bet. Mm -hmm. The more I think about it, I'm like, this population very much would Somebody be. can go back and check the tape, but I'm pretty sure that I was on that I, as I believe a value you. I, I'm pretty sure you said it. And it's because I don't like him and I still understand the value of it. And those are sometimes the best bets to make. Like, totally against motion, but you're like, this is so good. Even though I hate it, it's 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 a good value. Yeah. I didn't want to bet on LeBron James last night. That felt terrible. <laughs> but the money feels great. Yeah, that's good. The money always feels good. Probably bought this, uh, this lovely beer we're it, drinking. It did. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Th thanks, LeBron. <laughs> Courtesy LeBron. Uh, Eric, I'll stick with you. So this was this was a prop bet that I kind of came up with that a lot of people have seemed to enjoy. So get your take on it. Which is greater, the number of Ben Simmons triple doubles this season or the number of three pointers that he makes? Hmm. I don't know offhand his triple doubles, but I'd imagine it's in like the teens, probably like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, 14, if I remember 15. correctly, last year I think he was upper. I think it was upper teens. Okay, so made three pointers. Say he shoots them at. Is he going to take 103 pointers? No. Yeah, say, hmm. You figure one a game is 82, and so I don't know that that happens. What the bet is, is like, is he going to make more than 15%? Or, sorry, make more than 15? I, I'm going to say, yeah. I think I'll take the threes. Okay. I, I think that oh, I would wow. get some positive odds there if that was an actual line. Yes. Um, But I'll take the threes. I would, I would say little... threes has to be like plus 175, maybe? Sure. Yeah, that's about right. I, I, I like that. You and me should just open up a book. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're good. Steve? I think it's more triple-doubles. I'm, I'm just not convinced he's going to make that many threes. And if he does, it's going to be like garbage time, end of game, or something like that. I'm if not... he hits two tonight, 
Would you switch your bet after this game? Yes. Yeah, tonight will be an interesting indicator, especially because the uh, shoot a three coward, which he's definitely aware of. We all know this. Absolutely. NBA players are very online, like even more so than us here doing this podcast. We, we I met you online, right? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm very online. It's right. sickening how online I am. <laughs> and, uh, like, Simmons is definitely aware of the shoot a three coward thing. If he comes out, like, first or second shot and hits a three against Boston, like, you know... This building will collapse if the first bucket of this game is a Ben 3. Absolutely. Right. And, and I almost, building will collapse. I, I feel like he's aware of that being in the balance, and I would love to see it. Even in the tent. I think everybody would love if to he, see it. If he it. shot oh, it yeah. into the crowd, you definitely don't hate I, I wouldn't see care. It. It'd, be, it'd be awesome. So, we'll see. All right. These are all pretty quick. Um, well, maybe not the second one, but uh, playoff seed. Steve. I think we get number two. Eric. Uh, it comes down to how much do you believe in the Budenholzer Bucks system. He's a regular season coach, and they're exactly. a regular season team. Yeah, I like two as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bucks are going to be good again. Here's the one thing I'll say that I've enjoyed from, like, I don't know if this is just people trying to make it appear that they're not biased or if it's just the same thing we're talking about, understanding the system but keeping things in perspective is any person that I've seen predict like doing like a full kind of prediction of like seeds and the playoffs and the finals almost all of the ones that have the Sixers in the finals whether they win or not have them as the two seeds so like they understand that this team can absolutely still go there and even win getting the two seed it doesn't matter that really doesn't matter that much like the idea is that we understand that Milwaukee might be better built to withstand the regular season Giannis will play probably 79 to 80 games right and no one on this team should play more than 75 and say someone like Kyle Korver's on the Bucks, for example which it was funny I did I forgot he was on the Bucks. and I saw him like run around in preseason <laughs> and I was like oh interesting apparently Budenholzer was the reason he went because it was between them right. and us yeah, uh, yeah. And the Lakers, I mean I look it's it's two uh former Hawks pulling at each other right between Brad Brandon Budenholzer um but yeah I mean that like Kyle Korver is an example of a player who's going to get you regular season wins, but is not going to like move the needle heavily oh, I, in the playoffs. I don't even know about you. Really, you're saying Kyle Korver gets you regular season wins? I don't know if he yeah. plays that much. Yeah, for them. I, I seriously, I mean, he, he can come in, get hot, quick release, you know, carry a bad bench, and not that the Bucks will have a terrible bench or anything, but like that's that can be five minutes of offense against the, the Hornets, you know. And, and dude, it just goes without saying, too, like, the one reason why they're going to be a regular season team is because besides, you know, Sixers team with Horford and Embiid, who else are they going to be playing that has, like, those yeah. two, it's going to be a nightmare matchup. And that in a seven-game series, I think that's why a lot of people are taking a number two Sixers over a number one seed Bucks. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That makes sense. Uh, how far does Brett Brown have to take this team to remain the Sixers head coach? We've weirdly had Brett Brown contract extension discussions, which I didn't expect to have. So now we're taking it the entire other way. I, I think it's a step forward. It's an Eastern Conference. I, I, I think if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, then then he's very much on the hot seat. And you know the reactionary uh, ways. I, I'm not sure what scenario they don't they don't get there in this very weak East and this very talented. And, and look, if they're ravaged by injuries, God forbid. There's maybe not, but yeah. But but like, say everyone's healthy. If they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and maybe in like a sweep, like if they get swept in the Eastern Conference Finals, then he's probably out, just because that's going to be the first head to roll. No, I agree. They they 
if if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, he has to get to at least Game Six or Seven. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, sweep or an ugly I, series like Boston. Two I've years decided ago. it's Game Seven. It can't even be Six. It has to go Seven. Yeah. It has to be like okay, like you know, maybe if you had another one, it evens up again. But this is just where it ends. Like it, it's got to get that far, I think. Yeah, I mean, they were in that situation last year with the Raptors, right? Like they had the one game four. Maybe maybe we're talking about a repeat here. We're looking at a totally different roster here. Yeah, and know? I don't know how true it was, but there's also that report where it's like if he doesn't push it to seven games, he's gone. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true, but, I mean, it it's does all, make no sense. One, no one like, will ever know. Well, because here's, yeah. here's the thing. If we're if all projections are Milwaukee's one and we're two, game six is here. Right. So, so you right, have right, to right. win it. For sure. You go to Milwaukee and lose game seven, how do you fire a coach for that? Yeah, yeah. right. No, that's a good point. But you lose game six here, it's going to hurt really bad. Yeah. Um, Steve, your Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals prediction. Who plays in them? I say I mean, start, we, the East, we all have Bucks Sixers, right? There's yes. No? Okay. There's, yeah. Then let's right. get past that. There's, cool. Taking Sixers over Bucks. Okay. And then we play – I'm going to go Clippers over Nuggets. Okay. Oh, I like that. Um, I'm going to go uh, Sixers over Bucks and – Man, Jazz and Clippers, real toss-up for me. That's your classic talent versus uh, depth and, and design. I'm going to go with talent. Kawhi is probably the best player in the league at the moment uh, with KD sidelined. Also, we were really cheated out of that head-to-head last year. I, I'm just really sad about that still. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think we're going to look at a Sixers-Clippers finals. All right. Who wins? I mean, come on. Joel Embiid. Cheap pop, baby. <laughs> Cheap pop. Cheap pop. Sixers Everyone's on the cheap pop. Yep. Hell yeah. I technically said that I don't think they make it out of the Eastern Conference Finals on the uh, the last one, so I don't think – am I allowed to change it because we're here and I'm, sure. and I'm feeling it now? Yeah, and go for it. All right, fuck it. It's yeah, your cheap, podcast, man. <laughs> That's true. Cheap pop, baby. There you go. Right here. Six, sixers and six. Wow. Six. I've, heard, I've heard that before. It's a phrase. No cowards. Like say. Yeah. Sixers no cowards and six. allowed. You one. heard it here. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back to talk about the Boston Celtics. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, so welcome back, everybody, uh, to Process Potables, and we are going to get into tonight's matchup with the Boston Celtics, which you will hear after the game, so you can tell us all about if we were right or wrong. Uh, also welcoming on our friend Andy from Eight and Sam Brewing in Woodbury. What's up, man? What's up, Yo, Andy? what's up, guys? I think last night uh, the owners made the worst mistake they'll ever make and gave me access to the Twitter account. So, uh-oh, uh, fucking cool. lit, 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 look out for a lot of fucking dog and cat pictures on <laughs> the Eight and Sam Twitter because uh, I love my fucking animals. Speaking of animals. We saw some Celtics fans in the parking lot. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Dude, I, yo, I saw a dude wearing a Time Lord jersey. It was tight. <laughs> it said Time Lord on it? I assumed the jersey well, was, was tight, yeah. and he also wasn't wearing a shirt underneath of it. Is the, that what the you mean by tight? The jersey was tight. Tight, uh, tight on him. When I say tight, I mean, like, it was pretty fucking cool. Oh, okay. Uh, but, it, no, it just it just said the dude's last name. It didn't oh, okay. say Time Lord. See, but I, I looked up and scoffed at him and said, fucking Time Lord? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's, uh, I, you know. I would have respected it more with the Time Lord, but even just getting not, you know, the front runners, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, imagine imagine being excited about uh, you know a center rotation of Enos Cantor and Time Lord. Yeah. Oh, Couldn't don't, be. Don't me. forget about Daniel Tice. Oh yeah. 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 
the, the bully. I have already forgotten about Daniel Tice <laughs> since you just mentioned his name. Well, every team has a Greg Monroe, I guess, right? So Yeah. Not us. <laughs> not anymore. Not not us. Thank yeah, God. That's true. <laughs> not after game five of yeah, that Toronto something, series, right? Something like play that. six and seven at all, I think. I mean, you, can you even count what he did as playing? I don't think so. Yo, they won game no. Two? two? Is it game two? Yeah, because yeah. of Greg Monroe and James Ennis. So we were like, ah, fuck yeah! yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> now you know, is the end of the good times. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you and we it? never saw him again. Yeah, let's. he's dead. Forget <laughs> about him. <laughs> so on to tonight's matchup with the Celtics. I guess, I mean, getting into a lot of preview on it when other than the few people that are here hanging with us are, are going to hear till after, I guess I would say, like, let's put on our, our thinking cap. Wow. Sixers win this game tonight. Yes. What, what are we talking about after? Who com- who comes through? What what is the reason that they win this game? Do you think, Eric? Defense for sure. I mean, look, like the biggest problem for the Sixers last year was, hey, a guard can create. That's a problem. Like even think about the Hornets, which were basically the Kemba Walker show, and the Celtics. They have an outside chance of being Hornets North this season um, with Kemba Walker. They could they could center their whole offense around them. They they had to have Jimmy Butler like beat the Hornets on a three last season, right? Because they just couldn't stop a guard who could create. Now with Josh Richardson, um, Ben Simmons, another year under his belt in the league, you know, if they're able to stop the perimeter uh, creative guards, sky's the limit, man. I mean, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think a win comes down to defense. You know, I would love to hold, win or lose, I'd love to hold the Celtics under to 100 points. It's going to be, and it's going to be great because Kemba, don't call me Antoine Walker, is going to have like a game <laughs> where he scores 20 points but goes like 6 for 21 for oh, the Steve, I Dude, love how that. long have you had that in oh, the chamber? Oh, my I God. just thought of it. No. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I did. Just Steve, rolled I'm, off the tongue a little bit. Steve, I don't I'm, know. I, I'm gonna, I think the I'm difference there is that. I don't know, Mandy. I'm a gang, man. I'm almost done None this. None of your I speech think. rolls off the tongue. That's, that's, that's true. That is so good. <laughs> Kemba, don't call me Antoine Walker. Don't call me Antoine Walker. <laughs> I have a whole thing on, on Kemba, but I got I to gotta wait to unleash it. So, okay. Steve, Sixers win this game. Why do they win? Because <sighs> defense, uh, maybe Ben comes out, hits a three. You know, and I think, dude, like, (sighs) Embiid is just going to eat tonight. Enos Cantor, like. That's that's mine. You took it from me. come on. Like, he. They they have no one answer for him. He sucks. If Embiid doesn't drop 30 tonight, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun to see Al Horford, like, just, like, throw the hammer for no reason. (laughs) Like. Like, hey, you couldn't. Because he can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. That's why. Honestly, who's going to stop Al? Like, tonight. Like. Enos Kanter can't defend a lot of people. You're hoping for, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Daniel Tice and the Time Lord to come through. We'll, we'll get into the matchups. That's my next thing. Andy, why why did the Sixers win tonight? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, number one reason why they, I mean, they're going to win, but it's not going to be because of anything Brett Brown does. Uh, That's if, true. He doesn't win games. About no, he only no, loses no. games. Uh, the Sixers are going to win tonight because, one, Boston uh, stinks. Um, yes. Agreed. I, oh, hold on. Let's let's talk. Uh, well, I just want to mention uh, the, the fucking <laughs> Jason Tatum stuff uh, about in training camp they were trying to un-mamba him. 
I love that. Picked up too many bad habits. Cannot unmamba a mamba. That's amazing. No, the the chief reason why the Sixers win tonight is uh, one because they're better than the Celtics, and two uh, because they have a team now where when the starters are off the court they have serviceable players like NBA players who co- can go in and do stuff. Right. Um, so I'm, you mean not being like a minus 20 in two minutes without Embiid is why. We yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Sixers lose by two. Embiid is like plus 23 on the night kind of thing. How many times did we see that last year? Uh, the Raptors Like every long. playoff game. Yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Hypothetically, the Sixers <laughs> lose tonight. Sure. Why did they lose? Um, Brett Brown. <laughs> Brett Brown. <laughs> end of end of conversation. Um, yeah, you could do that. Uh, disaster strikes, like ten injuries happen. Um, I think actually, like maybe the Celtics come out with a little bit of an identity and like stop whatever they're trying to do on the perimeter. But I, re- it's it's so hard to see what the answer down low is going to be tonight, and that's where I think the Sixers are just going to eat. Like, you know, Embiid. This this is the night for him, you know. He's the leader of this team um, for better and worse, and this is this is time to come out and make a statement. He, Enos Canner and uh, uh, rotation centers really we really aren't going to cut it against him. So everyone's talked about our defense, rightfully so. Plenty of elite players. Let's talk about the Celtics. Here's why the Sixers are going to win for me. All right, the Celtics lost. They're number one, number three, number four, and number seven leading scorers from last season. Oh, wow. They lost all of them. Combined, those players, Kyrie Irving, Marcus Morris, Al Horford, and Terry Rozier, respectively, combined for 60.3 points per game. Hmm. They essentially replaced them with Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor. So what you get, like, at... Crickets. Hopefully, most thirty right. from Kemba, and then it's Point. like 10. counterpoint 10, um, ten to fifteen. That that opens up uh, their newly minted hundred million dollar man, Jalen Brown. Oh, 100, 115, Don't cut the man short. Well, here's well, the thing: like one hundred two guarantee for, for the first then, time in his life. You know, if Tatum stuff. was still Mambaed, then this wouldn't be a problem. But you brought it up; he got unmambaed. That's, well, they're trying to unmamba, but you said you can't unmamba a mamba. I mean, we're going to find out tonight, I guess. I, so I guess quite, so. he might be conflicted. I, I, I want to ask all you guys this because I've been wondering it myself about Jalen Brown's extension. Is is that a signal, hey, we believe in this guy, or we're looking to move him? Move. Because, yeah. yeah so the reason I ask is because if you're giving Jalen Brown 115 over four, what's Tatum getting? A max. Right. So now what? He now was getting a max anyway. Congrats on the fifth seed every year and not doing anything. So the same four players that I mentioned, Irving, Morris, Horford, and Rozier, they were the first, third, fourth, and seventh leading scorer. They were the first, third, sixth, and seventh best three-point shooters. And they replaced them with Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor again. I don't understand yeah. how, regardless of our defense – how the Celtics are really putting out an efficient offense. Like they have guys that if you just watch the highlights can look really impressive here and there, but we're talking about 48 minutes of basketball and the fact that they're going up against this lineup, all struggles that this Sixers team may have in the half court offense aside, they they are not going to have those issues defensively. I'm very confident that out of the gate, they can be a upper echelon defense. I don't see how the Celtics outscore this team. And, and I know I'm kind of joking here, but this is 
basically the Boston Celtics couldn't even win us a gold medal this summer. No. In the World Cup of basketball. So they. Right. Yeah, that's I, true. I mean, how are they going to play like a real team, you know? Like, yeah. If they no, can't no, win I, in FIBA, I mean, they can't win in the NBA. Yeah. No. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, well, hey, let's not cut that Australian team short that fielded like Jonah Bolden. Oh, no, wasn't Simmons. he excused? Actually, I think he. I think he ended up backing out. Too. Yeah, I think. I don't think. I don't oh, think he was no. good enough. Joe really Ingles and Andrew Bogut. That's a. That's a yeah. fucking powerhouse there. So as far as the starters, <laughs> and I, I don't actually know for sure who the Celtics starting five is. I took my best guess, but here's who I have the Sixers matching up their guys with against Boston. You can tell me if you disagree on either who's starting for Boston or or these matchups specifically. This is who the Sixers defend man the man. I have Josh Richardson on Kemba, yep. Tobias on Marcus Smart, yep. Al Horford on Jalen Brown, interesting. Ben Simmons on Jason Tatum, yeah. and Embiid on Cantor. I agree, yeah. I know that like the Celtics would consider Tatum their four, and Horford's our four, but I think Tatum's just shiftier, Yeah, and I want sense. Ben using his energy for that, not Horford possibly getting taken off the dribble. No, nah, so man, 2-1-2 two two matchup zone or like a box and one is what they're going to run. Just you know, the the end one is going to be Simmons just running I, after. The uh, only conversation I imagine you could have here is that Gordon Hayward is in here, I guess, over Marcus Smart. But I think they like Hayward as the sixth man. Interesting. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the Celtics are going to do from like a strategy standpoint. I just haven't watched them enough to to say, hey, look, like this is their lineup and this is this is their plan. Um, I mean, obviously, like, Kemba's going to start. But, like, yeah, how they use Hayward, I'd expect him to get the start. But to the same point, like, I'd expect all of our favorite Sixers uh, to start. And now, you know, I I, I don't know how much they're going to platoon to start. Like, like maybe Embiid and Simmons play two minutes together, and then it's let's platoon the rest of the game, which would be fine by me, like, I think this team needs to find a balance between how do we play our best five players together, and that's like a long, long-term equation, versus like how do we just win tonight, which is like short-term. Hey, look, like we'll put Mike Scott in to do this, and we'll put in James Ennis to do this. And oh no, we're we're, we're going to put in Matisse, baby, and he's just going to steal uh, oh, yeah. that rock from Haywood just like Candyman. Hey, when you guys great. were talking about sixth, like first guy off the bench. Uh, I, I was coming up, but uh, yeah, yeah. Matisse is going to be the first guy off the bench all season long. That's what, yep. Uh, him and Mike are him and Mike are one two. I don't know the order, but it's probably together because that's how Brett does it. But it's Matisse and Mike Scott. Just, just it's not like, Ennis. Just, just throw no, it's Ennis. not. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree with another take that's out there where James Ennis's role is going to just kind of dissipate as the season goes on, because Matisse can do so much more interesting stuff, and he's way cuter. Well, yeah, he is a beautiful. This man. is a uh, this is a looks driven league. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of go off on some of the things I've said and kind of get into my Kemba Walker rant here, if nobody minds, because please, by all means, I just want to make it very clear to anybody who can hear us that Kemba Walker is not fucking good. He's a huge downgrade from Kyrie Irving. Like I hate Kyrie Irving, and it kind of blew. Like I didn't have this take until I looked up the numbers. But I had to look up the numbers on Kemba, and then I had to figure out what the difference was going to be for the Celtics compared to having Kyrie Irving. And, again, I can't emphasize enough, I hate Kyrie Irving. I absolutely hate him. But Kemba Walker is bad. Here's what I'm going to tell you. 
Kemba Walker has 11 career playoff games, a first-round sweep, and a first-round seven-game exit. He has two winning seasons in his entire career. He went 48-34 and 43-39. and 39. One of those years, he led the team in win shares. The other year, Al Jefferson led the team in win shares oh over him. That's a name. There, there's a guy. Al <laughs> fucking Jefferson. Hey, man, big man came off the bench and just fucking ate against backups. That's true. That was a different time. A different time. To bring sure up Jimmy NBA. Butler for a minute, why is Jimmy Butler relevant to this? What did we hear the entire time about re-signing Jimmy Butler? What was the fear of giving him five years on a max deal? Too old. Too old, too many minutes played. Do you know Kemba Walker? Kind of was, a basket Kemba case. Walker was drafted in the same year as Jimmy Butler. That too. <laughs> he has played 3,000 more minutes than Jimmy Butler. Wow. Whoa. 3,000 more minutes. That's a great stat, Dan. Um, like, straight up, I, I wouldn't believe it if he didn't have it written down on a piece of paper. Like, that, that's incredible to me because the, the narrative with Jimmy Butler is, oh, Thibodeau ran him into the ground, blah, Correct. blah, blah. But, like... I, 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 I think like Jimmy what the narrative should have been. Extra. Yeah, I think what the narrative with Kemba should have been that you haven't really heard is it's you know whereas Thibodeau ran you know Jimmy Butler and other guys to the ground. I think Kemba just really stood out because he was a big fish in a little pond. I mean you know Charlotte Hornets, Bobcats, you know whatever. I mean they've never ever put together a contending team. No one ever went there to sign there and. You know, he, he, he was drafted and, you know, he over time just got really good. But that's because no one else on that team was good. They just they suck. And now he's got to be integrated to be a distributor on a team that does have talent and more talent than Charlotte did, at least. Yeah. So here's him and Kyrie last season compared. Kemba Walker averaged 25.6 points a game, just shy of six assists. He shot 35% from three. His career percentage from three is also 35%. Kyrie, and mind you, he was injured and he was disgruntled and the whole up and down from the beginning where he said, I want to be extended here to I'm not re-signing here, averaged just shy of 24 a game, just shy of seven assists. Kyrie Irving, seven assists compared to Walker with six when Kyrie, we know, is a guy that gets his own buckets. 40% from three. And he's a 39% career three-point shooter. So to think that Boston's offense is going to get better, inserting Kemba Walker, a ball-dominant, never-had-to-play-around-anybody, way worse, like, not a bad shooter as far as the league is concerned, but Kyrie Irving is a significantly better shooter. For sure. And I think he has a better handle. I think he gets, like, he does everything offensively better than Kemba Walker, in my opinion. He's a better offensive player night and day and and i guess kemba's better at defense a little bit but like probably it's not like you're not just because you know, try you're not writing home about kemba's defense it's, it's not he's like league average right like he's not but i just it. think people have gotten so caught up in the in the outlier top tier games from kemba walker mind you as the only guy in charlotte that they're not realizing that his general efficiency is bad and that he has to now come to a team where, like, he can't jack up that many shots. So to think that he's even going to touch 25 points a game is probably laughable. While at the same time, I don't think that he's going to hit those assist numbers. I don't think he does any of these things. I don't think he's going to make anybody there better than they were. And we've already seen Tatum on the <laughs> decline. He's nothing. Jalen Brown just got the deal. I-, I don't think he deserves it. Like, there are so many red flags to me about this entire thing. And... I hope it crashes and burns. Uh, just as like you a, just a hate hater. to see it. You <laughs> hate, hate to see it. To see it. Hate the yeah. number two. So I just want to make it very clear that 
Kemba Walker is bad, and the Sixers are good. Good point. I, I, I like it. I, I at least like the point you're making. I think it's a good one. All right, well, that'll be the show, everyone. Thanks for coming <laughs> out, and Dan, thanks for hopping on. <laughs> I'm not trying to shut down the conversation. I just wanted to flex some numbers. Andy, what do you got for us? Come on. Uh, Keep it going. I hear everything you're saying. Um, Don't so, you butt me. Don't you butt me. I swear ooh, to fucking God. Yeah. All right, number one, <laughs> let's talk about Kemba's 3,000 more minutes than Jimmy Butler's. Kemba's 3,000 more minutes than Jimmy Butler's um, probably take about half the toll on his body as opposed to what happens to Jimmy Butler. Because, Why? Well, number one, is Kemba banging in there for rebounds? Is he boxing out centers? Is he no, but he's the only offensive player for six years. Yeah, but he's smaller. I'm just saying his body is going to wear down a whole lot slower than a dude like Jimmy Butler. You I don't know, know about that, Like, man. guards in this league play at a high level for much longer than well, bigs in this yes, league. Yes, that and I And Jimmy Butler is essentially a de facto four slash five. He thinks he's a one, mm, but his not, fucking game. He's not a five, dude. I love this take. That's a great take. That's it's seriously like... That, Three, four, I can get behind. That. No, no, but I, let's tease it out. He does get, he does get in. Stretch he, five. He throws his body around. <laughs> I think you're going to see some stretch five from Tatum this season. By the way, just bringing it back to the Celtics. Sure, I could see just that. Just because, uh, what, what do you do if you were in charge of that roster? Uh, do you want to play Canner like every night, or do you just want to be like, screw it, small ball? Where we, well, we got enough playing rotation defenders. We'll just. We'll take our lumps with a big guy, and we'll try to outshoot and, and out uh, defend. I think, on the I think it could be very Warriors esque. Like they're going to start a center, but is he going to get starter minutes? No, he's going to roll out there to take the opening tip, and he'll be in that first rotation. But then after that, yeah, they're, they're you like, could definitely see the minutes dwell. My it's favorite Canner clip is uh, OKC. Like the, I think it's uh, when Scott Brooks is still the uh, still the head coach. He just like leans over, and one of the series is like, can't play Canner. It's fucking burnt on uh, pick and rolls. <laughs> can't play Canner, dude. He he just can't fucking play. So it's it's a good time. We're, we're approaching tip off. So to get to get back on track here. So we'll go down the line prediction. People are gonna hear this after, so they'll get the they'll get to go at you. Oh, wonderful! So on Twitter, at the Emart Eric Marcherano, final score tonight. Oh, uh, Sixers one hundred and fifteen, Celtics. Uh, Ninety-two. Oh my good, God! Twenty-three good points. Get out of here, Steve. Final score: Sixers win one hundred six to eighty-six. Oh my God! <laughs> okay, so far we have both twenty-point-plus wins. DJ Corey, you getting in? Engineer, short in there. Uh, I say Sixers ninety-nine, Celtics. 95. We're going to keep it close, right, so buddy. the Sixers don't cover the spread from DJ Corey. But don't bet we, on points but, in basketball but, ever. Don't do it. Don't do it. I agree with that. But for the record, the Celtics would cover there. Just don't do it. And that's also very mid-2000s basketball. I like it. Andy, final score tonight. Uh, I, I, I request uh, respectfully um, that uh, fr- from here on you address me by my um, – professional name uncle randy uncle randy thank you uh i'm not calling you that again oh come on (laughs) uh uncle andy so uh, 102 91 birds uh, sixers 102 91 sixers but 
that Birds 91 is going to be like a hollow 91. You know what I mean? Like a score much closer than the game kind okay. of thing. Okay. Oh, like like they just fold at like 75. Like the, that, that, that's, <laughs> the, the, the last yeah. four So at like 90 to 70, they, like they, they fold right. it It's in like, uh, okay, I like to that. lose by 11. All right, so we're all in like the, we're in the tank. I didn't go. Well, I, I'm saying so far. I'm trying to tee you up, Dan. I understand how theater works. Sixers, 104. Celtics, 85. Whoa. <laughs> so you're also 85. It's 19. <laughs> 85 for 2019. All right, well, I'm here for it. Hopefully, we're all right. I think I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think we are all right. Wonderful. There's a bunch of all right dudes. Guys, I want to thank everybody for being here. This was cool. Uh, being here at the Wells Fargo Center, albeit out in the parking lot. No one shut us down. No. I don't think anyone gave a shit at all that we were here. Not Zero. bothered at all. There was one squad car drove by and he like looked over here. He's like, who are these idiots doing liked, all this work? He liked the takes. Yeah, yeah. 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 He he gotta like the takes. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you to everybody for listening. Again, please make sure that you subscribe, give a five-star rating, write a review. Shout out to Underground Sports Philly. You can find all things Underground Sports at Underground PHI on Twitter. Shout out to Design Tree. You can find Process Potable shirts on there. You can find Design Tree on Twitter at Design Tree, D-S-G-N. If you go to their website and type in Process Potables, you will find our web store. Thank you to Eric Marcherano, ah. Steve, Engineer Extraordinaire, DJ Corey, and DJ Corey. Uncle Randy. Uncle fucking Randy. From Ain't Sam Brewing. Well, I'm not an uncle fucker. <laughs> wow. That, that's going to do it for me. <laughs> Hit the hip pal music. <laughs>